Welcome into the Locked On Nationals podcast. I'm your new host, Ryan Clary. You can follow me at Twitter at RyanClary11 for those who aren't watching on YouTube and listening via some audio site, whatever you're listening right now. And so today's show, I kind of I just want to give a little state of the union for the Nats and kind of play a little catch up and, and discuss how we're the worst team in baseball right now, which we are. We're right now currently sitting at 101 losses. Worst team in baseball by far. It's been a brutal year to watch. And for Nats fans who are used to winning, really, in the last decade, it's been a tough year. And so I'm going to kind of get into that and how we're here and why I saw this coming. But first, I'm going to get you, you're going to get to know me a little bit more. How about that? So let's get it started. You are Locked On Nationals. Your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so with that being back, first off, I'd just like to thank you guys for tuning in today. Thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And so, like I said, I'm going to start with getting to, you're going to get to know me a little bit. So I've lived in this area my entire life. I'm 22 years old. So I've grown up with the Nationals here. Unlike other DC residents who are older, they grew up as maybe Orioles fans or they just picked another team. Like I know we have a lot of Braves fans here. So That's something, but whatever. So I'm just going to kind of start here with how I got started and fulfilled myself with all these Nats games over the years. So obviously I was there starting in 2005, opening day at RFK Stadium. Still one of the best memories of my life to see baseball back in D.C. Obviously I never saw it to begin with in D.C., But as a kid who was six years old at the time, it was really cool to be able to go to D.C. and be able to see my team or that my team that just came to D.C. at that point and kind of start their journey. And I would have never guessed that we would have been a World Series champion at one point watching the team in the early 2000s. It was a tough watch. And so but also with that, I grew up watching a bad team. So, I mean, the late to mid to late 2000s were a brutal, brutal stretch for the Nationals, as as you know. If you're listening to this right now, I'm going to assume that you're probably there with me and watching those brutal teams led by Ronnie Belliard, Ryan Zimmerman, all those guys who I think, Christian Guzman, one of my favorites, uh, name him, he was there, and it wasn't fun to watch. But I will say, There is some fun that comes with the bad team. So you get to watch some of these young guys and just have them develop throughout the year. And they're going to be able to grow into the next Ryan Zimmerman. And so I kind of found joy in, into watching that poor team at that point in two thousands. And so once 2012 hit and we broke out and Steven Strasburg came Bryce Harper came up, Anthony, and all all the big time prospects that followed to make the 2010s the the best decade that the Nats have in 
could have for a while right now. Because I guarantee you, 2020s aren't off to a good start, as you know. Because we're sitting at 101 losses and the worst team in baseball right now in 2022. And in 2021, we weren't much better, as everyone already knows. So I kind of just want to get started with how we're here and how we get to this point of, you know, just being bad. And so, obviously, we entered this year with Juan Soto, 22-year-old phenom, one of the MVP favorites coming in, one of the best hitters in baseball, and still one of the best hitters in baseball. You come in with him, and, you know, it's it's Juan Soto. You get to watch Juan Soto for 162 games a year, at least you think that. And so... Yeah, people will have some optimism coming into this year with Juan Soto. But when you look on the other side of things, what pitching did we have? If you look back at 2019 when we won the World Series, that Nationals rotation that we had was filthy, completely filthy. This year, I mean, just comparing right now, we had Max Scherzer in 2019, Steven Strasburg, a healthy Steven Strasburg, a Patrick Corbin who was a amazing three starter for us at that point and was just got a well-earned paid big time contract. And that's just, you know, where he is now doesn't indicate where he was back in 2019. He was one of the top lefties in baseball. And so we had that and Anibal Sanchez, who was, you know, he, he wasn't some huge signing for us back then. He was just going to be a four or five starter and that's what he did. And he was great at it. He was really good. He delivered in the postseason, came up one of the most memorable games against the Cardinals in the NLCS when he had a no-hitter going until the eighth inning. I mean, that that was insane. And so that just kind of shows the mold of where we are now. We have Josiah Gray, who currently right now leads the MLB in home runs given up with 38, most in the majors, and he's third in baseball with the most walks. So... There's a lot to work on as far as pitching goes. And then you have, obviously, we have some young and up-and-coming guys who will make a difference eventually. And it's just a rough team and a tough team to watch. And you're a baseball fan. You know this. Pitching is everything when we come up with the Nationals. Pitching is everything to win. You need it. You have to have it. There's no going around that point. And so, with that being said, that's just why we're here right now with a bad team and just kind of left with nowhere to go right now. We're stuck in the mud as far as the major league levels goes. Now, we have some prospects who should be making a difference within the next few years. We have the young 18-year-old Jarlin Susanna, who we acquired from the Juan Soto trade when we sent Soto to San Diego. Susanna was one of the few guys that we got back, and he has a bright future. I couldn't just tell you that. He's like 6'7", 240 on the mound. He has a demanding presence when you have someone just towering over you 90 feet away, 60 feet away, rather. It's it's not fun. I'm just going to say that. It's not fun to go against him and have him throw all sorts of things at you and hitting 103 every now and then. So there's guys who are going to come up to help this pitching eventually, but it's just not at the major league level right now. And we know that. So again, these players will be coming up eventually. It's just not now. And we know that. And 
So hopefully maybe in the next three years we could see Susanna up. But then also we have Jackson Rutledge, who was a first-round pick back in 2018. And, you know, he's had some turbulence so far in his major league career. Right now he's still in Fredericksburg, or he was in Fredericksburg, and their season's over now after getting eliminated from the postseason. But he had a rough start to the year as well. He's another, like, 6'6 guy who's tall. He's demanding on the mound. He's going to throw upper 90s fastball good with a good curve. And just kind of seeing him in his development this year, it, it was not promising, to be honest with you. It was not. He started off poor, but then he's really ended strong, and he put together a hell of a performance in the postseason to kind of at least help Fredericksburg move on. Unfortunately, they didn't. So, But that wasn't on him. That wasn't on him. He's just someone that we can watch moving forward to hopefully maybe help us in the majors. So, But back to the major league side of things with Josiah Gray, Eric Fetty, another former first-round pick who just hasn't lived up to it, obviously. He's pitching today. He's hovering around a 5 ERA right now. Is he the ace of the staff of this team? I I guess. You could say so. He's We have, as well as Anibal Sanchez, 40 years old. It's I love the guy. He's a 2019 legend, but he shouldn't be on this roster right now and shouldn't be doing what he's doing, just getting thumped every five days. That's not what this team is here for. We're a young team. We're rebuilding. So it's just kind of pointless to where – why is he in the game pitching when you have younger guys who could be getting opportunities to come up and pitch in the majors and compete every five days? So that part is a little frustrating when you get it, when you look at it from the top shelf. So all these things with the Nationals, it just comes back to my point. Pitching is everything with this team. And it shows because right now the Nationals, I have it right here. We have the most home runs in baseball by a wide margin. It is. We have 231 home runs given up this year. And the second most is the Reds, the Cincinnati Reds with 207. That's a 24 home run differential, just from the most home runs in baseball to the second most home runs in baseball. And when you get the long ball flying out of the yard, you're going to win. That's what it's like in 2022 MLB. You know this. It's it's a home run league now. Look at Aaron Judge. Everyone has his eyes on him as he tied Robert Maris's record. So watching the ball leave the yard at a wild rate, I mean, over one and a half home runs a game, really, at this point. I mean, I'm bad at math, so I can get that true number for you down the road, which I will. But it's just this is a bad product and a bad team to watch right now. So with that being said... Again, comes back to the point, pitching is everything. And that is why your 2022 Nationals are where they are right now with 101 losses heading into the final five games of the year. So is it going to get better next year? I don't know. Because honestly, it starts with Josiah Gray. With this is his, He's in his second year right now in the MLB, or in the majors rather. And, you know, He's had his great times and he's had his bad times. Most recently, he was, I mean, he pitched great against the Braves on Wednesday night. He only gave up one one home run, which was a huge win for him as someone, again, 
leading the home run in ma- leading the majors in home runs right now. So it, it was nice to see him put up a great start against the Braves. And again, this is something that we hope to carry on in 2023 when that time comes, because he's probably going to be the ace of the staff to start the year. And if it's not him, I don't know who it's going to be because we that's what we need him for. And when you traded Max Scherzer and Trey Turner and Josiah Gray is coming back in that deal, you kind of expect him to be, I don't want to say the ace of the staff because he wasn't, you know, he was a high prospect and this was someone when we got him, we were all excited about and he, he flashed in the minors. The Dodgers organization breeds pitching unlike anyone else. So this was a big time prospect from the Dodgers who we were like, you know, they, if you, you want to see an organization that does it the right way with producing talent in the minor leagues, it's the Dodgers. So this was something that we were all excited about with them. And again, it's just, it ha- like, I don't want to say it hasn't panned out yet because he's still young and he still has time. And the fielding, obviously, in, with our defense right now has not helped him at all. But giving up home runs, I mean, that's on him and Jim Hickey, really, with whatever they're calling, whoever's calling the game, whether it be Key Bear or Riley Adams or whoever. All this stuff matters, and it comes into the whole equation with trying to find a winning team, and especially in a rebuilding year where you want to see guys make strides. And Josiah Gray, I wouldn't necessarily say he's made too many strides this year. Leading leading the majors in home runs is just, it's not great. It's, it's not great at all. And by a wide margin, again, like the way he is. And he has his teammate, Patrick Corbin, just behind him, trailing him there in that category. So, again, it's something that this team has struggled with and will continue to struggle with, unfortunately, until we can kind of develop him at the major league level. And speaking developing a major league level, I kind of wanted to get into a story where Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post had uh, a few days ago, kind of taking a look at the organization as a whole and develop the development department in the majors rather than the minors, taking a look at Davey Martinez and his staff and how they've really developed the players who have gotten the chance to move up. And when you look at it from the top of the surface, it's a tough look. Like It's, Developing at this level right now has just not been fun for the Nationals. But when we before we get into that, I want to tell you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. Like, for example, the other night I wanted to place a little parlay on the Monday night football matchup. So what do I do? I look up betonline.net and I find their recent article and the, they kind of just gave me some tips on what I can do for betting that night. Look at other player props and other all sorts of things. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. And so, what I wanted to get into here with 
the player development side of things in the majors. It's kind of alarming. It is. I just talked about Josiah Gray. He hasn't really made any leaping improvements. Honestly, there's more of an argument to where he's just hasn't improved at all. And that's alarming. It's not on Josiah Gray. We know what he can do. He was doing it in the minors. Dodgers were high on him. I mean, and obviously the Nationals were high on him to make a deal for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And he was being one of the marquee pieces alongside of Key Bear Ruiz in this deal. They were high on him. He's got talent. He showed it. He has a, has a wicked slider that is just filthy, and it drops off the table for you. It's something that is concerning. And when you're going up against Key Bear, not Key Bear, when you're going up against Josiah Gray, it's, you know, you're going to expect the high fastball. He's going to throw it to mid to upper 90s, eh, mid 90s. He can reach 97 every now and then. Then he's going to have that slider and that changeup that he's just started to use pretty well in the last recent weeks. So I guess that is something that he's done well. And I will give a hat tip to Josiah Gray. And I think he will improve eventually, but it just comes down to player development. And so with that player development, just look at the young guys who are in the majors right now for the Nationals. You have C.J. Abrams, who is a top 10 prospect in baseball when he was eligible. He's a 21-year-old. He oozes talent. He has a, a potential for four. It's a four-tool talent, really. And could he tap into some power eventually and become a five-tool guy? Sure. He's only 21. He's going to grow. He's going to get stronger as the time goes. He's going to get used to his body. He's going to grow into it and hopefully become that threat that we think he can be one day. And so when I look at C.J. Abrams, he's right now he's been on a real hot streak in September. Right now he's hitting a 307 batting average has a 315 OBP with a 724 OPS. And those aren't, these numbers aren't crazy. You know, they're not amazing numbers. They're not what we're seeing with Trey Turner, who is our old shortstop. We all loved them. But again, he's only 21 years old and he's start, you're starting to see why he was a top 10 prospect in baseball. Obviously he's has web gem plays almost every game on a nightly basis, which is, important in this league you you need defense but i am under the belief that offense becomes offense is before defense in a sense to where i would rather see you hitting for 320 with a 830 ops and a 450 slugging percentage i'd rather see some power on the bat than you know obviously i want to see you be a plus defender which that's what he is but i'd rather have the offensive side of things so I'm not worried about the fielding part with C.J. Abrams. What I am worried about is him at the plate. And he's kind of shut me up in this last September with, again, he was batting 300, and which is perfectly fine for a rebuilding team. Only 21 years old. And right now, you look at him, he's kind of the face of the Nationals with Juan Soto gone. And he's someone that we're going to be looking forward to. And hopefully, you know, next year we'll see some more power and see some more slugging, see some more extra base hits out of him, which I think we'll be able to do. And so, but the other guys with player development, I look at with Davey Martinez, it's something to question at this point. 
Jesse brought it up in his article. It's there hasn't been much development at the major league level. We hear about these prospects with amazing numbers down in the minors. And then once they come up here, it just hasn't really gone anywhere. Like Luis Garcia, for example, he's someone that was, you know, he, he wasn't really on anyone's radar at a national level, but in the local market here in DC, people knew about Luis Garcia this year in 2022, he started his year in Rochester, the AAA affiliate for the nationals. And he was hitting for some serious power. We, he, he untapped that in the AAA level, but once he came up here to the majors, he just hasn't really gotten to that. And it hasn't really improved. In fact, he's kind of been on a downstretch the last month or month and a half, ever since he came up the IL there when, so that's just something again, to that is worrisome with this team. And with that being said, it comes back to Davey and the rest of the staff with developing them at the major league level. It's a concern. I'm concerned with it and you should be too. That's, and that's why I kind of wanted to start on this today for my first episode was, do we really think that this is going to be the long-term solution for the nationals with Davey Martinez because right now, our main goal is to develop these younger guys, especially at the major league level. And we just aren't seeing that right now. I know Davey's a World Series legend. He's a DC legend. He will always be that here. He helped that team, and he was a big contributor to it, being the manager, leading the way. And that 2019 team fixed his heart, as we all know, as he once famously said after Game 7 of the World Series. So... I feel bad for it because I don't I don't want to be mean or anything like that towards Davey Martinez, but it has to be said. And I'm glad Jesse and, and the team over there with the Washington Post brought that up the other day because it's something to keep an eye on for this offseason, especially with new ownership coming, uh, or at least we think they're coming. There hasn't really been any words on that, but changes could be coming to this roster and to the front office organ side of the organization as well. So there's things to watch, and I don't know if that's really – what. how do I even put this? I don't know if that's set in stone with, with new ownership coming in town. Will they blow out Davey Martinez and Mike Grizzo and the rest of the staff? I don't know. I don't know yet. I would expect at some point the ownership would want to pick their own GM, they'd want to have their own manager and their own staff, their own analytics department. They're going to want to run their show and do it their way. And so Mike Rizzo and Davey Martinez are with the learners, obviously. So they do it their own way. And that's just kind of how it's been. So playing and looking at the development of this staff and this roster, it's been a concern. It's been a big concern for everyone that should be on your radar going into this offseason because I guarantee you I'm going to be talking about that and getting a lot more in-depth with it as time comes just because we haven't really seen many improvements from these younger guys. And in the minor league level for development, honestly, I haven't really seen too much that I should be worried about. I think it's more of a drafting issue than us. I I think we've missed on a lot of guys. We whiffed on a lot of first round picks like Mason Denneberg. Obviously he can't control it with the injuries that he's had. He's down in low A Fredericksburg as well. So 
they're guys that they have drafted in the front office that just haven't panned out and they're not really developing at the rate that you'd want. But now, since we're not really watching, I mean, we are watching the major league team right now at the Nats, but you're also keeping an eye on the minor system and where they stand right now. And you're starting to see some of these guys, especially after the Juan Soto trade, getting James Wood, Robert Hassel, Yarlin Suzanne, name them. They're coming, and hopefully they'll be here the next few years. But And obviously drafted Elijah Green this year, who has five-tool talent. I mean, he, he oozes talent. He could be a top 10 prospect in baseball in the middle of 2023 if he really kicks it up and, and starts raking when the time comes and opening day in 2023 in the minor leagues. And so it'll be something to watch with this team. And honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to that. And that's a reason why I'm going to be watching this year. And so I think that'll be why you'll watch as well. So, yeah. I think that's going to do it for today's show, everybody. I appreciate you guys staying patient with me as we get this started. I will be doing five days a week for the Nationals, and you'll get all your content that you'll need as well as since, well, since the season wrapping up here uh, on Wednesday this coming week, I'm going to have kind of like a little, I think I'm going to plan to have an award show, an award show for the 2022 Nationals, and I'll give out an MVP and a Cy Young for this team. Cy Young is going to be hard to give out. I'm going to have to do some dig deeping, and I'm going to have to dig deep on who that'll be going to, but we'll be able to get that. Uh, the MVP at this point, I'm not going to include Josh Bell or Juan Soto. Even they, they should be the MVP of this year, but that's just not what it's going to be, and that's what it won't be. So I'm going to use one of the current players on the roster and like Joey Manessis, 30 year old Joey Manessis. He could get that MVP award. He's been pretty dang good. I'll say that. So it'll be something to watch down the line here as well as other things. So, well, guys, I just like to thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, guys, that'll do it for me today. This was exciting. It was fun. But I can tell you this, this show is going to get better. We're going to have a big following, and you're going to ride with me on this journey for the 2022 Nationals and heading into a loaded offseason with a bunch of news and notes that will be coming and will be discussed. There will be other interviews as well from players to hopefully some front office personnel and some talking heads in the Nats world that will – you'll want to see, and you're going to want to see their opinions as well. So I'm glad that you can make it today, and this will be the first of many. Hopefully you enjoy, and go Nats.